Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Late Night Linux Extra, recorded on the 2nd of November 2020. I'm Joe, and today is the launch of the Raspberry Pi 400. That's what we're going to be talking about. I've got a couple of guests coming up. Jim Salter, who writes for Ars Technica and also does a show with me called Two and a Half Admins, 2.5admins.com. Check that one out. I'm going to be talking to him about his initial impressions of the Pi 400. He'd had one for about a day when we spoke. And after that, I'll be talking to Martin Winpress about Ubuntu on the Pi and the Pi 400, and also Ubuntu Mate. Before I talk to Jim, though, a quick rundown of what this thing is. It looks like the official Raspberry Pi keyboard, but inside it is a Raspberry Pi. And it's got all the usual ports you'd expect on a Raspberry Pi 4, but it's laid out slightly differently so all the ports are on the back of the keyboard. You can either buy it on its own or as a kit. The kit comes with the power supply, SD card, cable to hook it up to a TV or monitor, a mouse and a book with loads of projects and stuff in it. I haven't had a chance to use one of these yet. I don't have one. That's why I wanted to talk to Jim and Martin about it because they've both had hands on with it. So without further ado, let's hear what Jim has to say about it. Thanks for joining me, Jim. What's up, Joe? So you have got... In your possession, one of these new Raspberry Pi 400s, you got the kit sent to you in advance. What are your first impressions of it? It's definitely a Raspberry Pi. It's kind of what it comes down to. I feel like with the 400, they're they're going for a little bit different target market, you know, as more of a desktop replacement and less of an all-purpose hanging from an awful cord in the corner, you know, maker board. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's still a Pi. You know, like it works. You've you've absolutely got a usable desktop out of it. But I don't think anybody's really going to like forget that they're using a Raspberry Pi, whether they're running Raspberry Pi OS or Ubuntu. What are your impressions of the hardware then? Because this is essentially very much like the official Raspberry Pi keyboard, only with a Raspberry Pi inside it that's kind of reconfigured. I've seen photos of the inside of it. It's not just a standard Pi in there. It's kind of a different layout of the board, but it's essentially like a Raspberry Pi 4 inside. I have not yet taken a screwdriver and a spudger to the thing and taken it apart to look inside. So all I can really give you is my impressions, you know, of it from a consumer standpoint, like, you know, the the externals. And they're good and bad. I haven't used the official Raspberry Pi keyboard you're talking about, but if it's like the one on the 400, then I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really not that picky about keyboards. It's one of the things I kind of struggle with a lot of the time when I'm reviewing laptops for Ars Technica, because we have, I know there are so many people who get so finicky about needing the exact proper keyboard layout, but because I'll use, you know, 20 different people's computers in a day, or at least did before the pandemic hit, you know, I'm, I'm pretty okay with most things, right? But man, I have had so many mistypings on that Pi keyboard. It's, it's just not been pleasant. Beyond that though, I mean, it's pretty decent. Like it, it doesn't feel like, you know, some sort of uh, bash together piece of garbage that you got, you know, 3D printed by some dodgy reseller that you just ordered at the same time you ordered your Pi board, which is my usual experience with ARM board cases. You know, like this, it absolutely does feel like it was designed to be what it is. Like it's not loose or rattly. Um, it's pleasant to look at, you know, all that good stuff. The kit also comes with a power supply, a mouse, and a book. We'll get back to the book. The power supply is just a standard Raspberry Pi power supply. What's the mouse like? It's kind of a kid's toy, basically. Um, It's a very, very cheery, I assume the the color they're going for there is raspberry. Um, Red base with a white top and a red scroll wheel. 
and the cord is a lot shorter than I would really want a mouse cord to be. Right. It can best be described as it works and it almost certainly didn't cost them too much to include it. Right. It's it's like one of those $5 eBay mice that you would buy then. Just something as it works as a mouse and that's about as much as you can say about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it, it absolutely does work, but, um, you know, probably whatever dodgy old mouse you've got, you know, kicking around in a drawer, you'll prefer. Yeah. Okay. What about this book then? Because it's quite thick, isn't it? It is 247 pages of full color print, and I have not even vaguely gone through all the information in there. Um, it covers all the Pi models, not just the 400. There's a lot of how-tos in there about a lot of things probably that a lot of people aren't really going to be looking to do with the 400, you know, just given that the form factor changed so much. Like, I, I don't really know what... It, it seems a little odd to me imagining using the 400 specifically for a lot of the things that, you know, the maker type community uses Pies for. Yeah, this does feel very much focused on the desktop and not really much else. It does have the GPIO pins on the back of it, but realistically, I can't see many people using it for that. I think probably a, a fair number of people will. I think that... Um, particularly maybe in the UK where the original educational concept of the Raspberry Pi is, you know, a little bit more firmly entrenched than it is over here in the US where I am. Yeah. I, I imagine that a lot of kids are probably going to use those GPIO pins. The the Pi 400 might very well be their normal desktop computer, but it might also be the thing that, you know, they, they screw around with, with hats and whatever to do the, the neat little projects with. I don't think anybody's going to have a Pi 400, you know, just like dangling off of a rack in the corner the way that, uh, you know, Evan or Wimpress might. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, also in the kit, you get an SD card, well, micro SD card with adapter that comes pre-flashed with Raspberry Pi OS. So if you buy the kit, you've got absolutely everything you need to get going. And that is going to be, I would imagine, the Christmas present for quite a few kids this year. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's it's a pretty solid Christmas present. The um the the lack of a, a screen is uh, a is that's the only thing that's a little odd about it because you know you do have to roll your own screen but if they tried to go full on laptop with it and you know make a competitor like the Pinebook Pro uh, I, that would at least double the the end cost of it I would imagine yeah especially with the display shortages at the moment yeah 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 and I feel like. Like I said, it, you're you're not going to forget that you're using a Pi while you're using it. You can absolutely use it as a desktop replacement. But, you know, you have significant latency when you're opening applications. Things like if you're playing a YouTube video and you go from windowed to full screen, it may take like three or four seconds for it to finish making that transition over to full screen. Things that don't really happen on an x86 system or... yeah. I would say, or an ARM Chromebook, but I don't think I've ever actually used an ARM Chromebook. Yeah, with a Raspberry Pi, you definitely do notice that with YouTube. But the video is hardware accelerated, at least in Raspberry Pi OS. With my testing of the Pi 4 with the new Ubuntu 2010, I did find it was just a bit slower, basically, which I'm not surprised about. You've tried out Raspberry Pi OS and Ubuntu, right? And you have noticed the same thing, that there is a significant difference. There is a significant difference. Um, I don't think the experience is entirely hardware accelerated or entirely software in either case, to be honest with you. Um, I, I checked CPU usage on both distributions while trying to play, uh, you know, some pretty demanding YouTube videos. There's a uh, there's a 4K 60 frame per second um, video of like Costa Rican jungles that I like to use as, you know, kind of a benchmark. Mm. 
And it drops frames on both sides, but it drops frames horrendously on the uh, on the Ubuntu side. And it, I should mention this is a 4K video, but I've only, I've only got it hooked up to a 1080p monitor. Right. So at 1080p and 60 frames a second, you drop a few frames on Raspberry Pi OS on that video. You drop more frames than your render on the Ubuntu side, but your CPU's pegged either way. And it's also different from video to video, which is a little weird. It's it's difficult getting a really good idea of what's going on with the system from just one video. There, there's an Our Planet Forests video that's also available in 4K. It's not shot in 60 frames per second. And that BBC video, uh, if you play that in 1080p, it it works basically fine. You do still have some artifacts there, but instead of dropping frames, you actually you see some screen tearing in that one, whereas you didn't see any screen tearing in the Costa Rica video where it dropped frames. So it's all a little funky. Ah, well, this is the world of ARM, I guess. The thing that dawned on me about this new Pi 400 is that it is going to be a lot of people's first experience of Linux. That was always kind of the case with the Pi, generally, but this could go more mainstream, I think. You don't have to mess around plugging anything else into it apart from a power supply and a TV, and almost everybody has an HDMI-compatible TV. If you buy the kit, you've got everything else you need to get started. I think this is going to be a lot of people's first experience of Linux, and I don't know how I feel about that. I think it'll be fine, Joe. I mean, there were a lot of people whose first experience with Linux was those little Dell Mini 10V netbooks, you know, back in the day. As far as I could tell, that absolutely did not hurt the overall impression of desktop Linux any. Uh, you know, some people said, ah, oh, you know, this is a cheap little thing, but I think the vast majority of consumers are capable of understanding that this is literally a cheap device. And it's not necessarily that, you know, Linux itself is underperforming. Yeah, true. The thing is that the people that I know, the normals who don't work in IT, for them, the Raspberry Pi is retro Pi. It is using emulators to play old games. That's their their only sort of view of the pie. You've got the the more tinkery people who want to do, you know, stuff with physical computing or whatever. But this might change that. It might change it to be more of people seeing the pie as a desktop rather than either this physical computing GPIO thing or the retro pie stuff. Yeah, I think so. There, there is one difference that's, uh, you know, maybe less in Linux's favor than it was back in the netbook era that we talked about before. And that's that it's gotten pretty hard to spend less money building a Linux machine than you would with a Windows machine. So, like, I'm not sure what incentive, you know, the normals, as you called them, would have for taking their Linux experience on the Pi and, and scaling it upward to a, a bigger, meaner box if they're normies, they're not really going to care that much, right? They're just going to be like, oh, well, you know, this is my big computer and this is my little computer. And mm. they're barely even going to think about the difference between Linux and Windows. They're just going to be like, this is what the little one is like and this is what the big one is like. Um, for some people, they may very well, you know, if you have your formative experiences with desktop computing on the Pi, they might want to carry that up. They might be like, well, you know, I'm I'm used to this workflow and I like this workflow, Oh, hey, cool. I can, you know, I can carry this forward onto more powerful equipment. Oh, hey, and look at that. It's faster. It's nicer. This is cool and stick with it. I don't I don't really see a downside here. Well, that was the whole thing with the pie in the first place. And we've seen it slowly grow. And we're at a point now where the pie is selling ridiculous numbers. Yeah, um, I, I spoke to Eben and uh, Martin Winpress recently about the uh, the launch of Ubuntu Groovy Gorilla for the Raspberry Pi. 
and Eben just kind of made an offhand remark about how many uh, Raspberry Pis they've been selling this year and said it was, uh, you know, 600, 700,000 a month. And I was like, it's a big record scratch moment. I was like, wait, could you repeat that? How many? <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, he said it averages about 600 or 700,000 units per month of Raspberry Pis. And I think that's across all models, not just four. Mm. But uh, that's enough to put the Raspberry Pi Foundation in the top 10 PC manufacturers in the world. Yeah, and that means that there are an awful lot of pies out there. How many of them are sitting in drawers? Who knows? But at least some of them are getting used. And so that's more people using Linux. So that's got to be good. I think a ton of them right now are sitting in drawers. You know, I mean, there's a very common problem amongst Pi enthusiasts in particular, where, you know, you've got uh, you, you've got a drawer full of Raspberry Pi, you know, like originals and twos, and you've moved on to threes and fours. And you're like, I don't really want to know what I want to do with those others. And they're so cheap. It's not like you're really like pressed to have to do something with your, you know, legacy pies, right? But I, I think the the 400 probably has, you know, a real potential to significantly accelerate desktop pie usage. Because again, I, I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, well, this is, this is every bit as good as, you know, say a Chromebook is probably its closest competitor, but yeah, it's, it's like a third the price. Yeah. So thanks for coming along and talking to me about it, man. Uh, we really should chat again sometime, maybe uh, about sysadmin <laughs> stuff, maybe. I tell you, Joe, we should start a podcast. <laughs> yes, we should. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Datadog, the unified monitoring and analytics platform for comprehensive visibility into cloud, hybrid, and multi-cloud environments. Quickly analyze the performance of your Linux servers in real time, with customizable dashboards and troubleshoot Linux issues in seconds with a unified view of your metrics, traces, and logs all in one place. With integrations for over 400 technologies, you can even use Datadog to monitor key Linux source metrics alongside data from the rest of your stack to get full visibility into the health and performance of your entire infrastructure. Start your Datadog trial today by visiting datadog.com slash late night Linux. Start your free trial, create one dashboard, and you'll get a free Datadog t-shirt. That's datadog.com slash late night Linux. Before we get to Martin then, a quick bit of admin. Thank you everyone who's supporting us on PayPal and Patreon. It really is appreciated. It's that support that allows shows like Late Night Linux Extra to happen. If you want to join those people in supporting us, you can go to latenightlinux.com slash support for details. And remember that if you support us on Patreon for $5 or more, you can get an advert-free RSS feed. So go and check that out and support us. And if you want to get in contact, latenightlinux.com slash contact. On to Martin Wimpress then. He is the Director of Engineering for Ubuntu Desktop, working for Canonical. And in his spare time, he also runs the Ubuntu Mate project. So let's hear that now. Thanks for joining me, Martin. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me on, Joe. So you've had the Pi 400 for quite some time. Yeah, I think uh, Canonical got sent our batch of engineering samples around September the 9th uh, earlier this year. 
And somehow you've managed to keep it quiet all this time. Yeah, and it's the struggle has been real. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, people within Canonical have known that this device exists. And, you know, we've had virtual team meetings where, you know, a few of us have, you know, shown our Pi 400s on camera and explained to our colleagues what this thing is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do the occasional video and live stream and I've had to, like, make sure every single time, hang on a minute, where is it? <laughs> is, is it in shot or, or what have yeah. you? So, yeah and also guarding myself when I'm talking about Raspberry Pi stuff. Yeah. So this comes with Ubuntu support out of the box then. This is something you've been working on for all these months. Yeah. Because it's close enough to the Raspberry Pi 4 that it's not a huge amount of work. Oh, I don't know. Correct me. It, it, has it been a lot of work to kind of port the image that you had to this? Um, no, because, you know, this cycle, we've obviously made, you know, a big um, announcement about Ubuntu desktop being available as part of the official release for 2010. And nine tenths of what we've done to release Ubuntu desktop on 2010, you know, was encompassed in this effort. There's a few subtle tweaks around firmware and what have you to enable the Pi 400. But um it wasn't a significant effort other than the fact that we have a very close engineering relationship with the Raspberry Pi Foundation now, which meant that, you know, we've had these devices within Canonical in the hands of engineers that work on this stuff and also in our QA labs in Taipei. So if I take my SD card out of my Pi 4 that's got Ubuntu 2010 desktop on it and stick it into the Pi 400, it's just going to work straight away? Yep, exactly so. Right. And what about Ubuntu Mate then? Because that's something that you have only um, announced in the last couple of days, that Ubuntu Mate support for 2004 and 2010 for the Pi 4. That is also going to work out the box for this. It will, yes. So Ubuntu Mate 2004 and 2010 will both work. I'm in a weird place there because, as you well know, I've been, you know, dabbling as a community effort, a hobby interest, enabling Ubuntu Mate on the Raspberry Pi for five years or so now. And of course, I now enjoy a position at Canonical where, you know, I can, you know, help uh, set the direction of things. So, you know, bringing uh, Ubuntu to the Pi desktop was, you know, something that I've always wanted to see. And it was great to actually get a team together to do that. And I did some work in the community earlier this year to start to encourage people to try that stuff out through some scripts that converted the server image of Ubuntu to a desktop. And that helped inform where we needed to improve things and fed into what we did for the official Ubuntu desktop release. And obviously, I, I didn't want, you know, my pet project to... I don't suppose steal the limelight, but I didn't want, you know, Ubuntu Mate to be there alongside Ubuntu on day one. So I've had Ubuntu enjoy that moment in the sun. And now I've released, you know, the images for Ubuntu Mate that, you know, complement that. Mate makes a lot more sense to me on a Pi 4 than GNOME. I appreciate why you've done it with the whole GNOME thing, having one consistent desktop experience across x86-64 and with the Pi. But GNOME is very heavy, and on a Pi, even with hardware acceleration, it's still a little bit sluggish compared to LXD. I mean, all the work in the world is not going to make it compete with Raspberry Pi OS in terms of performance, whereas Mate, I feel you've got a much better chance with that. 
So I'm not sure about that. So, you know, things like uh, LXDE and Mate, they have compositing disabled, and that's what enables them to appear to be running fast and trim on the Raspberry Pi. But the Raspberry Pi, well, it's not the foundation so much as Raspberry Pi trading engineers that are working on the Raspberry Pi are working towards enabling the graphics stack and all of the acceleration that's available in Linux through the usual libraries and APIs that we expect to find on Linux, rather than the sort of the the wrappers and shims around the proprietary SOC that's existed for the Pi. And as that work moves into the future... I think what we'll be able to do is enable contemporary composited desktops with unleashing all of the capability of the Raspberry Pi and its acceleration on that platform. And this is just our first step. We did a little bit of work to tune and optimize that this cycle for the 2010 release. And we have a roadmap of activities to further improve those optimizations for what will become the 2104 release. And you may well be familiar and the listeners may well have read about or heard about, um, you know, members of the Ubuntu desktop team that specialize in contributing to upstream GNOME shell around optimizations and lowering latencies of the desktop shell. And now they're turning their attention to how to do that around the Raspberry Pi. Well, what I've said in various shows is that this was a great time for you to bring out an image, an officially supported image for the desktop of Ubuntu on the Pi, because it's the first interim release after an LTS, and you've got now 18 months until the next LTS. Presumably, that is the ultimate goal, is to get it absolutely flying on the Pi 4 once you get to 22 or 4. Absolutely. And you know, it's not like Ubuntu is a stranger to the Raspberry Pi. You know, I've been able to, through community effort, to bring Ubuntu Mate to the Raspberry Pi for many years now. This is just solidifying and consolidating and enabling the entire family of Ubuntu operating systems for the Pi. The classic server image has been available for the Raspberry Pi for some time now, since 1804 as has Ubuntu Core, and now bringing the desktop, you know, completes that family of products. And what we're most interested in is that, you know, the Raspberry Pi is a reference platform for Ubuntu on ARM. And we're seeing not just obviously within the Linux space, but I think across the industry, we're seeing a move towards ARM for desktop computing, even if it's not like high-end desktop type workstation stuff but you know as as a platform and what we want to invite people to do now is start to broaden that ecosystem of applications by having access to a real boy desktop with you know eight gigs of ram and four cores of cpu and a competent gpu it's time for uh, you know developers and isvs and what have you to start enabling and bringing their applications to the arm platform because this is definitely a direction of travel that we're all headed in. You mentioned some of the potential use cases for Ubuntu on the Pi. Specifically with the Pi 400, where do you see Ubuntu fitting in in terms of use cases there? Well, when you look at Raspberry Pi OS, it's really designed to fulfill the educational mission of the Pi Foundation. And one of the reasons why 
the Raspberry Pi Foundation are so uh, sort of enthusiastic about us bringing Ubuntu Desktop to the platform is sort of twofold. One, uh, there are people that have always wanted to run a desktop on the Raspberry Pi, and Ubuntu is a sort of best-in-class leader in open-source desktop operating systems. So they want to see increased sales of the Raspberry Pi, more money coming into the foundation, which helps expand and grow their educational mission. But also, as I was just alluding to, they also consider themselves now sort of a PC manufacturer. When you look at the capabilities of the Raspberry Pi 4, it's a competent device. And you know, this is now not a secret because I, I know Eben uh, spoke about this openly with Jim uh, earlier this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, Eben explained that the Raspberry Pis are selling uh, 600 to 700,000 units a month, which I think puts the Raspberry Pi in the top 10 of, you know, computer manufacturers in the world, you know, comfortably mid-pack. So this is a significant device and it's a reference platform for us. And Ubuntu on the Raspberry Pi is not special cased. There's no caveats. There's no, this doesn't work or, oh, well, you're running it on a Raspberry Pi. It is Ubuntu. It's Ubuntu optimized to run on the Raspberry Pi, but with no drawbacks. So you can run containers and Kubernetes and virtual machines and orchestration and all of the development tooling that you would expect to find in Ubuntu. So in addition to client devices embracing ARM, we're also seeing ARM being embraced in the data center because of its low power footprint. And that now means that you can prototype and model your cloud deployments locally and then push those to ARM-based cloud instances on the popular providers that are enabling ARM for their customers. That's what Torvalds talked about, didn't he? The fact that as long as people are still developing on x86, they're going to want to use x86 on the server end of things. But as we get more power for developers' machines with ARM it makes it a more of a realistic prospect, I suppose. Yep, and it's not just power. It's, you know, the familiar tooling. You know, there is, like I say, there's nothing special about Ubuntu on the Raspberry Pi. You can do everything the same on a Pi as you can on a PC. And that means that you can just lift and move your applications and deployments from one, one architecture to another. And we're keen to see people do that. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, Martin. And I do look forward to trying out Ubuntu Mate on my lowly four gigabyte of RAM version of the Raspberry Pi 4. And maybe I can get one of these Pi 400s eventually. I'm sure you will. I mean, um, it's obviously difficult times logistically, but the Raspberry Pi Foundation have been very good in sort of, you know, overcoming the difficulties of the global situation and continuing to deliver devices. I mean, uh, it was interesting speaking to Webin earlier this week when he was talking about, you know, the pandemic and the impact on the supply chain and how many families had started using Raspberry Pis at home as, you know, workstation computers for, to in order to deliver sort of, you know, uh, at home teaching and you know online learning as you know everyone was you know in lockdown so i'm sure everyone's going to be able to you know get these in in due course right well i'll speak to you again soon then yeah i look forward to it joe